Right, now, so to our second guest. Barrett Tandon is an academic writer and reviewer. He teaches at the School of Drama, Literature and Creative Writing at the UEA um, and has lectured on writers as diverse as Jane Austen and Don DeLillo, never at the same time, tends not to confuse them. Um, his latest book, which I have over here, is um, an enormous annotated version of Emma. He's also one of the judges for this year's Man Booker Prize, and it can't have escaped you that the shortlist was announced yesterday. So he's here to talk about that and also probably to tell us who's going to win so we can go rush to a betting shop. Um, please welcome Barrett Tandon, no pressure. <laughs> Good evening. It's often been said that books do furnish a room. Uh, something that's less often said is that they also perfume it. There are many melancholy aspects to boxing up a library aside from the obvious melancholy of backache. <laughs> One of the more oddly melancholy ones is that, that, that sort of realisation that dawns, uh, it's, uh, it's something that only dawns uh, bit by bit uh, as things get less. Uh, how much of a, a room's background, a sort of sensory background, is made up of the master aromas of the books in it. With every box you pack up, another layer gets stripped away. Oh, well, that's, that's, that's Walter Badgett gone then. And then there's that terrible realisation at the end of the process that once they're all packed away, any smells that are left in the room are, are your own responsibility. <laughs> I mention this because it was precisely during this kind of process I was standing up on my desk in my office grabbing another load of things off the, off the wall to stick in a box. As, it was then that my laptop went ping. I went, oh, can I be bothered? Can I be bothered while I'm getting stuff off the, off the shelf to come down? And, and, you know, see what this email is about. After all, th these were, th you know, these were my books that I was boxing up ahead of what at the time was an indefinite future in a storage unit somewhere. Hello. Well, that's not spam. Hello. Um... Man Booker Prize, okay. Hello. <laughs> Ding dong. But then, oh come on, the timing of this, I am packing my office up now. Uh, so I made myself a cup of tea and I sat down for 10 minutes in front of the laptop waiting for the inbox to go ping again with uh, an email from some friend of mine sort of going, uh, gotcha, you, you, was, you was, you know, well pranked, bruv, R-O-F-L, in it. And that email did not come. 
It did not arrive, no pings in my inbox. And then suddenly I had to, had to face the extraordinary prospect that, that this email was not some kind of spoof, that, that, that I had been invited to be a judge for the Man Booker Prize. And so there we went, through the looking glass, whichever way you want to put it, down the rabbit hole. Except I can assure you that down this particular rabbit hole, there are more books than you can ever read in Lewis Carroll. And there is no way of pretending that this is not a grueling process, at, at least at times. Some of you might remember the time, the year that the BBC, I, I mean, I, I, I've had great trouble remembering which year this was, when BBC, whatever it was, Late Review, Newsnight, whichever version of it it was at the time, issued the, 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 the judges with cameras to do video diaries of the process. Uh, I, I tried to reacclimatize myself to this by YouTubing it the other day, and uh, would you believe I couldn't find them anywhere? Uh, no joy. Presumably, the world is not, not yet ready for the sight of a panel of literati doing uh, shaky cam, Blair Witch-style pieces to camera. <laughs> Uh, and they were all, all seemed to be up in their attics at 4.30 in the morning as the dawn chorus was starting, uh, you know, with the camera sort of up against me. I am so tired. <laughs> and, uh, and ask any judge, past or present, if they haven't had a moment like that where they felt that yeah, the waters were way over their head. Uh, if they say no, they'd be lying. We, we've all had them, we all have them, and we all overcome them. We all learn to do the stuff. And my, my sort of video diary for this, if, if they'd given me a camera, would, would involve the, 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 you know, the equivalent version would be my reading two novels during the day and then staying up until about three o'clock the following morning in order to stay on office hours for uh, America in order to do the things I then needed to do in order to source uh, illustrations for, for the, the edition of Emma. And, uh, and they said the art of the Segway was dead. Um, and, and the judges that this year, I, I, I don't know how many of you saw or heard or read reports of the press conference from yesterday morning, but we all have a version of this. Um, uh, Dan Stevens ha had to squirrel himself away in between takes on the set of Downton Abbey at Highclere, reading, reading on his Kindle that he had secreted in the tails of his outfit. <laughs> and uh, likewise, Dinah Birch had to juggle ploughing her way through the contributions with the immensely stressful process of examining at the University of Liverpool. We all have a version of this. We've all had to... It's not like we've, you know, anyone has, has had an easy ride of it. But, but that, it is wrong to go into this version, this vision of uh, just all of us sitting there 
with permanent red eye whilst doing something else, you know, a, a novel in one hand uh, as I waited for a curator of a, of a collection in, somewhere in Idaho to get back to me about whether we could use this picture. After all, uh, as I, I would imagine Claire Balding will talk about tonight, this has been a summer of people getting back enormous amounts for gruelling effort put in. Uh, there is, and you know, it would be, it'd be churlish to say that, that the kind of effort we put in was anything like what some of the people who have, who have, who have done good this summer in, in the Olympics and Paralympics have done. This is, this is you know, small fry compared to that. But, it's all, but there is some overlap in that we put a lot in and we've all felt massively rewarded for what we did. It's been difficult to find an analogy for what we're doing and for, from, from my professional quote-unquote life. And I suppose in some ways it, it bears some comparison with doing uh, exam, uh, marking exams at university and that, that you have to be constantly aware of the moral weight that hangs on every choice you make, that, that you are materially affecting people's presents and futures with every decision that you make. Uh, and also, of course, in, in some ways it's a bit like, bit like doing, a bit like the way in which uh, admissions are done at uh, Oxford and Cambridge, and that you're going to be disappointing more people than you please by its simple mathematics. But there's also that, that heartening feeling that comes with it, of that even, even the people you don't include, even, even the people who don't quite make the cut, out of all them, you're glad to have met them. Do you know that so many of them will go on into the world to do good things for themselves? And, and after all these months immersed in such a large cross-section of contemporary, contemporary fiction. I, I've been so happy to have emerged freshly energised to the health of fiction, its ability to be, to be a pertinent voice in those larger conversations of contemporary culture. And it's, been, it's done that not by trying to be anything else. I mean, it's because it's, uh, if we're thinking about um, 18th century fiction, obviously that uh, the novel established itself in Britain in the 18th century by uh, Trojan horsing itself into culture by pretending to not to be fictional. But everything disguised itself as the true history of something or other. And... If we've come anywhere in the years since then, it's so nice to know that novels don't have to pretend to be something other than novels, that they are, they do their own manifold things with style and with conviction. Of course, uh, some of you um, out there will be on the alert for things that we might be giving away. <laughs> as, uh, as Damien pointed out, uh, no, no betting tips tonight. Uh, whilst the, uh, ex the precise details of anything that we've said during this process will obviously remain confidential, 
One thing I can say without fear of, uh, of betraying any confidences is that uh, all the judges expressed uh, how much that, that we're going to miss the whole process of what we've been doing. It's, uh, um, some of you will have seen or heard uh, what, what Amanda Foreman said in the press conference yesterday that we felt punch drunk by what we're doing. Uh, it, has been felt, it has felt a lot of the time like uh, breathing pure oxygen, that, that, that you're just surrounded by style, the air. You, 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 you see, you hear, you feel fictional style around you all the time. And, and so now we're going back to breathing the normal mixture of gases in the air. And that is something that is, that, that, uh, however less stressful that the future is going to be, that, that is something that we, we all let go with a degree of regret. That sense of common purpose, of agreements and disagreements, based on a shared depth of familiarity with the text we were discussing, conducted in an atmosphere of amicable but scrupulously committed debate. It's enough to have anyone's inner liberal humanist salivating, and it is something that we do all let go with regret. And here we come to that kind of Lewis Carroll or maybe David Lynch symmetry down the rabbit hole and back out of the rabbit hole by a bizarre coincidence a year on from that ping in my office in Oxford the books are coming out of their boxes the air of my new office uh, at UEA is regaining the background warmth of the smell of print but it is not a perfect symmetry and it never will be. Because as I recover from one melancholy a year ago, I gain a new one. As the routines of academic life return, I know this process, although there is an awful lot of it still to go and you know, it'll be fun, uh, it's, it's, it is coming to an end. It's a process that I can't, that can't but leave us all with a feeling of having been part of something important. Important, important, important not because of us, and not because of our importance or our self-importance, but because of what, what, what we have been trying to bring to you, the, the capacity of the best fiction to insist exhilaratingly on its own importance, to elbow its way into your consciousness and those new ways in which it continues to surprise us with its methods of doing so. Thank you. Uh, so who's going to win? Who's going to win? No, no, no. no. So, so no, we'll, we'll, we'll come to questions in a minute. So a couple of quick things about, about, about the booker. It just occurred to me while, while you were talking about how much work you've done and, and, you know, how many books did you read for it? 145. Say it again. 145. Um, 100, 145. Did judges get paid? Yes, we do. Yeah, okay. <laughs> 
That only seems fair. Um, but they don't take bribes. Um, and, and, the, and the prize the prize for the booker is fifty fifty thousand. Fifty thousand plus a lavishly bound edition of your of your novel. Of course, I'm sure. I'm sure people will be clutching that and not the check. Yeah. Um, and and so and and all, and all the people who are shortlisted each get like two and a half thousand as um, the pounds yes, as well. Yeah, don't yes, they? I, I'm not sure about the exactly amount, but yes, yes. They, um, and 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 they all get a, a, a exciting copy as well. Is it the um? Is it the richest literary prize in the world? I was trying to think. It's richer than the Pulitzer, isn't it? That's not. That's not very much. Mm. Uh, it's, not, it's, it's not the richest. Oh, it impact, is the, the, okay. the Dublin impact is richer. Okay. Is it 100,000 euros? 100,000 pounds, says he really scathingly about euros. Um, and so, so you, said, you said then about, about, about being a judge and being surprised about being a judge and how that had changed your life. I mean, it's a year of your life, mm. you know, that the process of reading all those, those novels and kind of coming to conclusion. I always wonder, how in touch are you with your other judges when you're doing that reading? Um, or do you kind of meet up and say, these are the things that I like? Or are you kind of emailing backwards and forwards and saying, oh, what do you think of the well self? Mm, you know, mm. bit of that. <laughs> Well, I chose well, well self well, at random. Yeah, well, well self. I didn't know he was. Uh, no, largely we have kept to the the monthly meetings that we, we we've been having. We, That's the bowling. Yeah, uh, Don't worry about uh, it. Uh, largely, we've been sticking to the. We've not been. Uh, it's not been kind of. Endless texting, texting, yeah. going, you know, ROFL to, you know. LMO. I'm sure Peter, uh, Sir Peter Stoddard doesn't do ROFL and yeah, text, exactly. does he? Yeah, no, no. no. Uh, but we, we, we just thought we'd be uh, since since we were doing the the meetings in tranches, and uh, so we knew we'd be reading this this much of. Were you all reading the same books at the same yes, time? Yes, we were all reading. So you were all reading the same books at the same time, and then you turn up at a meeting, and from that tranche of books, you'd say, this has made it, this hasn't made it. Uh, well, we, we, we would And then argue it out between yeah, you. Yeah, we'd be arguing about inclusions and, uh, and exclusions, and then, but, um, and then we'd take, we would take our discussions on to the next meeting, and then, and then, and, and then the, the final decisions were made once we'd read everything. So everybody's read everything. Everyone has read. Everyone has read everything. Yes, it's an incredible amount of words. Um, and when you, I, as you were kind of going along, was there a sense that in which you thought about? I mean, I'm not asking you to name specific texts, but where you? Well, so I will obviously. Yeah. I will. No, but I, what I mean is, is that um, was was there a sense in which you, you thought um, there was a kind of system between the five of you where you know was it ever like kind of three against two or? Or, or were you each just sort of allowing yourself vetoes? Or how, how, how does it work like that? I, I don't think it was ever as systematic as that. It, 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 it's something that, uh, that pe people, are, I think, already have commented on, the, kind of the, the, the male-female symmetry in the, in the shortlist, the mm. uh, indie major. The indie major, uh, yeah. This is all entirely... Uh, uh, a matter of, of accidents and contingency. There, there was no policy that that, that, that produced that, and, and I think even during the process that there was that we tried to approach uh, every single debate as, as as openly and with as little baggage as possible. Okay, but wouldn't I mean? Isn't the danger of that that you might have ended up with like an all man shortlist or something like yeah, that? So I mean, you were, must have been aware of those issues. Yeah, and, and, and by the same token, we could have ended up with a with an all woman shortlist and all, nice. an all non British shortlist and all British shortlist. That that uh, 
uh, our, our policy was very, uh, you know, very clearly to to promote and uh, and and reward the best novels that, that were in front of us. Now that's a, it's a very interesting thing because obviously every single person in this room has an opinion on what's the best novel and what's, mm. what's not the best novel. It's utterly subjective. So how do you develop a set of criteria rolling year on year where there's any kind of consistency about what might be the best? Because of course last year there was this controversy mm. about books being very readable, zipping along, yes. um, and then this year, this year it's, it, it, it's it, you know, much less the case um, with some books. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Um, you know, I, and I have my own views, and I'm not a judge, so you know, I I, I can share them. But um, wow, um, but you know, I, I I think that you know, how how do you? I suppose if we're thinking, you know, if it, how do you? How is it still the Booker one year to the next? Mm. It feels like almost like a different prize. What's oh. how? How is it still the same? What what mm. is coherent across all those prizes? I wonder. Um, well, I, th I I it depends on I suppose the. The in it will inevitably vary from year to year according to the the particular interpretation that uh, that a panel chooses to put on the 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 you know the clearly established criteria with w on which the 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 Booker and now the Man Booker was was founded, mm. uh, and, uh, as we discover in in. in in all all areas of life that involve language, there is uh, there is interpretative leeway. Yes, well, I mean, the, I mean, I think the only the, the kind of consistent criteria I could find was that it would be the best novel in the opinion of the judges, and that the judges change year to year. So mm. I think I think that's one of the things that obviously makes it so variable. But there are lots of kind of obvious exceptions. I mean, people are like you know Martin Amis, Banville, Pat Barker, Zadie Smith, yes. McEwen. These are people who are who are kind of not on there. Those books were read mm. and rejected. Uh, well, I. I I, I'm not allowed to say what was, uh, what oh. was and wasn't entered. Yeah. Say, sir. Yeah. They still were. Questions. Sylvia. <laughs> Hello. Hello there. You've taught at Oxford. You've taught at Cambridge. I'm not asking you to say which one is best. Yes. <laughs> I'm asking you which what what the difference is between Oxford and Cambridge. That's a very academic question, from yeah. Sylvia. Uh, what's what's the difference between Oxford and Cambridge? <laughs> Other than that, they're different as a teacher to teach at. Uh, well, the obvious. Yeah. There's so much division in the yeah. room right now. I can't tell yeah. you. Well, well, the obvious, ex the obvious instance I, I, I would cite is that uh, there isn't, uh, uh, as yet in Oxford, uh, uh, a synoptic American literature paper that you can kind of do as part of you. American literature is something you do in Oxford. You do as a, a either as an optional topic paper and or uh, an. Uh, uh, a special author dissertation. There isn't. There isn't the option to do as you do in Cambridge, uh, a kind of historical, optional, whole optional paper in your finals on American literature. One of your specialties, apart from Austin, is American literature. After 1900. Yeah, primarily. Yeah. Okay. Oh, okay. One, two, and then three, and then we're done. Go. Hi. Hi. Mm. 
Yeah, how does that affect your life in teaching when you are having that really intense experience and mm. they are back to back and as you say, it's like breathing pure oxygen. I mean, did you become exhausted? Did you become hysterical? Did you, or did you become, did, and also did it get harder with each book that you loved for it to impress you? I'm interested in that. Hmm. Uh, well, in terms I'd say of that his partner is in the front row sniggering at this point, <laughs> going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, in terms of uh, tired and hysterical, and yeah, well, probably, probably all of them at some particular point during the process. That, uh, but it also becomes uh, once you work yourself up to that kind of pitch of of application, it becomes quite quite exciting as well. That, that, of being surrounded by all this and being part of part of a, a, a procedure where you know we are the only people who have read all of these things. Yeah. Uh, it sounds almost in some ways like when you were talking about it, like being a student again, sort of having a seminar group and people that you could talk to. Yeah. Lady there. You spoke about this summer's Olympics of Yes. That's you. <laughs> did you did you hear that em empress of empress of sexual athleticism? Okay, okay. Okay, don't do yourself down, Claire. Yeah, I mean, how long after that top prize is presented do you think you and to and also, and a different extent, the, the people who are buying books in the country will, yeah. will remember the people on the short list or the long list? Well, we can, we can only hope. I mean, obviously, obviously any endeavour like this is a kind of speculative projection into a future that we cannot entirely control or predict. But uh, certainly part of what we were trying to do was to select Works that that would, would last. Uh, would not not yes, exactly. That would last, but also that that. Uh, and I was talk, uh, as I said earlier about the, the importance of it is not uh, our importance, but the importance of of what we can bring to you, and that that uh, it would be a. In a sense, it would be a, a great compliment to what we have done, if. Uh, in 20 years' time, people on contemporary literature courses are studying these things as major works of their time, having forgotten who the hell we were. <laughs> Our final question. So the, the first one is, now that you've read 145,000 books, maybe you just whack the X factor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, uh, the, 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 I, I, is that your only question? You, the question... So, uh, the, the, uh, the, so the, the question's kind of two parts. The first part is, do you now just watch The X Factor having exhausted your optic yeah. nerves? Um, and the second part is, is do yeah. you believe more in the validity yeah. of these awards having judged one um, than, than you did before? I think it's a really good question. Um, yeah. Uh, well, on the first, on the first thing, uh, I, I'm very bad at doing this much as I, would l much as I want to. I, uh, I, I was j just actually retailing uh, earlier on the, t the time about uh, like handing in my... PhD thesis at Cambridge and, and 
walking down Trinity Street to Heifers, uh, intending to come out clutching some um, some uh, bonkbuster novels because I, I could read on the backs, in fact. Uh, I, and I couldn't overcome my, uh, all, all the programming, uh, all the intensity of what I've been doing. I came out with a Henry, ja yeah. a Henry James novel. <laughs> do you, uh, feel, do you yeah. feel that you've had a breakthrough tonight, Barrett? Yeah, do you? Maybe, maybe, do you? Yeah, yeah. You do? Well, no, I've had a breakthrough. He's had a breakthrough. He's had a breakthrough. No, no, I, I, have, I have read Lace, believe oh, me. Oh, he has? Yeah, so, uh, and uh, and I was a great fan of the miniseries as well. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say, do you know, this is a great place to leave it. Thank you, Barrett Tandana. Thank you, Shirley yeah. Corner. Back in 15 minutes.